Welcome to the Nate Show. Who's that guy? You know who I am. One for the players at the crib, dank and drinks, and two is for the sound hootie hoo that I make. Nice ride. Where did hoodies come from? I saw Val Kilmer once. He was walking outside of a dumpling shop in a trench coat. Don't use ketchup on your hot dog. Do the number one meal with a large root beer. I'm an emotional creature. Don't open that door! <laughs> I want you to do me a favor. I want you to tell all your friends about me. The Nate Show Podcast is presented by Safe Kicker Media Group. Please follow the show at The Nate Show on Facebook and at That's Nate Cox on Instagram. You could have been anywhere in the world, but you're here with me. I appreciate that. It's time. I am joined on the Nate Show podcast, which is no longer called that anymore, by the way, if you're just scrolling through and listening to episodes or whatever. It is now the Nate Show podcast featuring Jess. So I thought it would be appropriate if we got to know Jess a little bit. So Jess and I are, you know, I'll say this real quick and then I'll shut up and let her talk. But, you know, we we go back a pretty long way. I mean, we've known each other since kind of like the middle of our high school days. And so for me, that's nearly it's been a little over 15 years. But, you know, we kind of uh, and we'll talk about this, I'm sure, at some point. But we kind of fell out of contact for a little bit and then recently have reacquainted. And it was like we didn't miss any time at all. We immediately just started talking like we used to talk. We I think we talked for like two hours that one night. I called you on the phone. But anyway, Jess, go ahead and introduce yourself to the Nate Show podcast with, or excuse me, featuring Jess, audience. So Yeah, featuring, featuring Jess. <laughs> yeah, I know, I keep forgetting. I'm Jess. Um, really not much to say about me, but like Nate said, you know, we've known each other for a very long time and he's absolutely right. We just kind of stepped back in like we had missed nothing. So it was, that was pretty cool, you know. It's, you know, and I'll go ahead and take the majority of the blame for that. I, I have a hard time sometimes uh, staying in contact with people, especially lately. I just haven't. I didn't do though. Like, so we can share the blame for sure. What's funny is I kind of, I didn't feel like, you know, if you did, I understand we could talk about it, but I didn't feel like you would take it personally when we got back into contact. I just felt like. Nah. It is what it is. It's one of those things that people tell you, especially like when you're in high school, oh, you'll like these people, like you won't talk to them anymore. And it's like, you don't believe them. And then ended up happening to me and you. And then, you know, the previous episodes talking to Alex Osborne, the same kind of thing happened with us where we grew up together yeah. and we just sort of fell out. And another mutual friend of ours that you, you know who I'm talking about, he and I don't talk very much anymore, if at all. And it is what it is. I still got nothing but love for him, but it just, it's yeah. weird how adulting leads to that sometimes so i i really wanted to talk about because i, I want people from high school that i still talk to yeah <laughs> i mean it's you for me it's you and then it's <laughs> alex and then it's nathan i mean it's like it's crazy so <clears throat> but i wanted people to get a yeah, sense of that i still talk to so like you and i have always i don't even honestly you may have to refresh my memory a little bit i don't really remember how we first came to like be friends like i just remember there was a time that it felt like we'd been friends for it felt like we had just been friends for 10 years at a certain point and i'd only known you like three months or something (laughs) yeah 
So yeah, I, it was really quick. Like we was just one thing one day. And then all of a sudden it was like, we're best friends. You know, we've known each other forever. It was crazy. You're like a year or two uh, behind me, right? I'm two. I'm two years. Yeah. So yeah. Cause what, I was born in 91. So we're, I think two years. Um, I remember like what, and this is boring to the audience, I'm sure, but like what class would we have met in and how would we have done that to begin with? Well, I think it was that government class. Yeah. Okay. That yeah. We shared. And then we also had photography together. The photography stuff. I remember that was, yeah. that was my senior year. I remember that much better than I remember if I knew you my junior year, which I know I did, but I don't remember junior year. I don't was a think bit you more... were. Yeah. Like, I don't think you were in my government class, <laughs> but you would just like show up. <laughs> And then just like hang out the whole class period. That sounds about <laughs> right. Because the teacher would always be like, Nate. <laughs> yeah, that's not surprising at all. She'd always yell at you for something or other. But I, I don't know how it happened. It just happened. So. Oh, yeah. I remember because I, I, I would leave. I would leave. I won't say his name, but I would leave like algebra teacher's class. I'd be like, all right, I'll be right back. And he'd be like, okay, whatever. And then I'd just <laughs> yeah. go over there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you would just sit there and we'd like watch those crazy movies that she play. We'd look through the newspapers because that's that's how she taught government was just making us read the newspaper. That's a great class. It really was. There's was a photo. Easy. I don't have it. I mean, I'm sure I have it somewhere that, that explains, wow, it's a mystery. Like, where did I get a newspaper from? So I used to do this thing to that algebra teacher on because, you know, on gum basketball game days, I'd wear like sweatpants or whatever, like the basketball yeah. warm up pants. And I always wear shorts under them. But I'd always be sitting in the back of class with like I'd have the newspaper up and then the sweatpants down around my feet. So it looked like someone like sitting on a toilet or whatever. And so he'd look over and his his viewpoint was just of me with a newspaper, oh. my pants down. He's like, Nate, what you know, and it's like I have shorts on anyway. It's funny to me. So wasn't that funny to funny. him but no but i would have laughed but you know and then you know i know that as you and i moved along we were really close my senior year of high school that summer of 2007 when i graduated i'd come over all the time and hang out with you and hang out with your mom yeah and everything and i didn't tell you i was going to bring this up but i always like looking back at it I think one of the reasons that our friendship fizzled a bit is because we we literally tried to date for one day. Yeah, it was like <laughs> a day or two. Yeah, it was Valentine's Day of '09, I think, '08 or '09. And we were both so awkward. So yeah, I remember being, I remember being in a class. He comes up every episode. I remember being in a college class with Nathan. Keep in mind, I'm not in that class either. I don't, I'm not enrolled in college. Right. <laughs> so it's so surreal. Oh, it's, course, like, yeah. it's almost like a TV show. Like I kind of wish a camera had been on. So he's like, so, cause he knew you and I were close. It's like, Hey, so what's Jessica up to? And I said, I think we're dating now. And it, cause <laughs> I remember it being Valentine's day. <laughs> that's, goes, how I, that's how I said it too to my friends. They're like, how's Nate? And I'm like, I think, I think we're dating. Like, it was no nonchalant too. He just goes, yeah. Oh, cool. And then it was like it. And then when I came yeah. over, I remember we just like looked at each other. We were like, it's not going to work. Is it? And you're like, nah, <laughs> this is awkward. Is it? Yeah. Like, this is kind of awkward, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, that was we totally did do that. But it's good that uh, we were able to school. finally overcome that and survive that. Oh yeah. Rekindle the friendship and everything again. And yeah, for sure. I mean, and to be fair, I was always, always surprised that you even would want to date me in the first place, considering how much I used to try to date your mom. (laughs) (laughs) You did see that. I totally forgot about that. I was dead serious too. I was like, come on, let's go. Like I knew nothing. Like I was telling Alex in that last episode, like if I'm not that I'm exactly a ladies man now, but like then I, I sure wasn't. So the fact that we're not, no, no. the fact that I would even, uh, the thought, the irrational confidence that I use in other areas like basketball or whatever to think, yeah, I could go on a date with, I won't say her name if she don't want her name put out there, but uh-huh. Jessica's mom is like, it's yeah. absurd. <laughs> well, if anybody knows me and they're listening, they know what my mom's name is. So it doesn't really That's matter. true. That's true. I just, you know, that's, I was going to say that just in case somehow this becomes a big thing and people all over the world be listening and like, I don't know if she wants right. her, you know, all her business put out there like that, but I do, it was actually honestly flattering for you to tell me that she was like a fan of the show and listened and at least well, occasionally, yeah. if nothing else, like, yeah, she's, uh, she's going to listen <laughs> to this one too. So, <laughs> well, that's the I other thing I wanted to do this, like for that reason, because I wanted to get, I mean, you and I both have a little bit, I'm not saying this is a bad thing, but you and I both have a little bit of social awkwardness in the beginning in any situation, because it's like you're trying to feel things out. And I wanted to get that over with this episode. I wanted to establish for us and to the audience, like who we are, how we know each other and sort of get all that stuff out of the way. Now we are going to have topics that we discuss. We won't spend a super long time because people, you know, obviously can't see this. We can see each other right now, but like, you know, you're in a vehicle, just chilling. Just <laughs> chilling. Yeah. And yeah, so I don't want to keep you out there all night. But yeah, we do have some things we're going to discuss, um, you know, amongst them, some of our favorite things, some movies that no one else seems to like, but that we like. Um, you know, you and I have both been Bo Burnham fans for a while. Mm-hmm. And we're going to talk about that. And then we talk about um, our experiences. I just came back at the time we we're recording this. I just came back from New York City to spend a little bit of time there and I'm excited to talk about that. I know you had some experiences there and yeah, I did see a lot of friends stuff while I was there. Of course you did. If you'd gone to Washington square park, you would have seen the the friends building. So Uh. (laughs) 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 maybe next time. It was just my, I just thought it was really funny when I sent you that link to the friends experience and your only response was no. (laughs) (laughs) I laughed really hard. The only thing would have been better if I is if I had sent you know when I saw the bubble up that you were typing. Like I, sh- I should have just assumed that you were sending me something yeah. friends and be like, no, I don't want it. Like no, no thanks. Yeah, I can't even visit the Seinfeld set because the Seinfeld set was actually in L.A. It's in Burbank. Oh yeah. Like they built the street for them there and everything, so it's like I mean it looks just like New York, but it's it, so there's no real nowhere really for me to visit. I mean I'm sure there's places in Seinfeld lore I could visit, but. You know, well, and like, you know, there's a bar that was uh, what the bar and how I met your mother was based off of. So, yeah, I mean, there's so many places in New York that I feel like I'm like, oh, I wasn't aware of that. Like I, I, even the like the little bit of time I was there, mm-hmm. I learned a little bit. There's a lot in New York. It's crazy. Yeah. 
I love the, uh, we'll talk about it at the end of the episode. Yeah. I love that you can just like go, you know, at any point and just be like, I'm going to go do this and there's something for you to do. So, um, yeah. Do you have anything else? I know, again, I know it's kind of clunky and stuff, but like, do you have anything else as far as mine and yours? Uh, origin story that you'd like to discuss or any because it's like it's funny because like when we were talking on the phone we were going through all these different memories and I was hoping to get some of those out on here but now that well, we're yeah. actually talking I'm like I can't remember <laughs> well I mean I will of course always mention the uh the presentation you did in photography <laughs> where you used Owen Wilson's face yeah it was a, some <laughs> artist some photographer that he had a broken nose at one point in his life yeah. like he broke it was like part of his like whatever and it was like there was no picture of him <laughs> <laughs> no i couldn't i couldn't find it yeah i saw i felt like a sketch of him but it wasn't like you couldn't even tell who it was so yeah yeah was, i gave like because i think he was from san francisco or something so i remember like one of the slides was a picture of san francisco so you're like oh cool and then and then yeah. i would go through different facts like oh and also he broke his nose and then show a picture of Owen Wilson. Wilson. <laughs> yeah like, and you were like, don't, this is not him. This is Owen Wilson. Don't get confused. But his nose <laughs> might have looked something like this. Yeah, it was a reference photo. Like, yeah. he's reincarnated as Owen Wilson. It was so funny. That was just yeah. always my favorite. I mean, that was like the stuff. I mean, like, you're like the only reason you and basketball were like the only reasons I survived high school at a certain point. Because I would just no, look forward fair. to it was, it was so great to start off the day, like in that photography class, like with you and with that group of people, because I knew it was yeah. like, I was going to have a good time and it was going to start off really good. Yeah, I had fun. It was, it was fun in high school. And then when you left, everything went to shit for me. So, you yeah. know, was... <laughs> well, selfishly, I'm glad to hear that. So <laughs> I feel, well, I feel vindicated somehow. <laughs> um, no, that's, that's fair. Senior year was just so weird for me. Like I, I um, I didn't really get to play basketball as much as I wanted to. I mean, I'm not gonna say or complain about it, but like at a certain point, I just realized, okay, well, I'm not gonna do that. And then I realized I wasn't gonna go to college. So like, I just looked forward to coming and hanging out with you. And then I had a teacher, I won't say who it was, that just gave me an A because I brought, <laughs> I brought this teacher a honey bun and a coke every morning. Oh, Rick. I remember. I can't remember yeah. what teacher it was though, but I remember you doing that every morning. Yeah. And once that. once a week I would wash like the chemistry, like the beakers and sets and everything. Like go back and clean them like on Friday morning and I'd get an A. I didn't have I mean, I still had to like I still had to like pretend to participate in class. So they were like, just make sure, you know, you you don't look like you're don't just be back there goofing off. Like I feel like I know which teacher you're talking about. And I don't think he teaches anymore. Does he teach still? Uh, I don't know. When I went to visit, I mean, this was years ago. When I went to visit in like 2012 or 13, he was still there. Are we, are we talking about, are we talking about one leg guy? Yeah. <laughs> Indication. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Oh, he was my favorite. Look, look actually, listen, uh, listen, man. I had to sit at his desk. Cause I was really bad at chemistry. So he, he, he made me sit at his desk the whole year and he would literally just tell me the answer of what he was teaching. Listen, y'all like for the listening audience, it's a public school in East Tennessee. Like I'm not, it's not exactly like I'm getting a Harvard education anyway. <laughs> I was very honest with him. I just told him the whole genesis of that was, I just told him like, Hey, like 
I don't care anymore. Like, I just want to play ball and have a good time. It's my senior year. I'm not going to college. I was like, what can I do just to keep my parents off my back? I was like, I'm not asking for a handout. Just what can I do? So that's what it was. He goes, well, I see you bring those honey buns in every day as your snack. He's like, why don't you bring me one of them in the morning? I go, okay. Mm-hmm. He, goes, he goes, maybe a Coke too. I go, all right, cool. And then he goes, and maybe on Fridays come in. And <laughs> he's kept adding things, but they were all like all right. little tiny things. So I was like, sure. Like, you can no come in deal. once a week and clean. Yeah, I'd be like, sure. Anything else? He goes, no. So <laughs> great. And what's funny though is I had him for a class the year before and he was incredibly hard on me. I, I don't know. Mm. It was funny, like just to go from that to now I'm just in the back pretending to like work really hard on an assignment. And I'm like, right. I was probably yeah. draw. I was probably drawing something or writing a joke or something. I don't know what I was doing. See, he didn't give me an A, but he gave me a B. But again, like I had to sit at his desk all year. Like he would just, he would pull a chair up and be like, yeah. "All right, sit right here." And he would just, he would show all the problems, but then he would just like point to it and be like, "The answer is this." And I'm like, "Oh yeah, okay, cool, thanks." He would make jokes all the time in that specific class I was in, which was another surreal thing. Is he would go, "You know, the answers are in the back of the book." <laughs> yeah <laughs> he did do that i remember he's like now um, i want you to learn he goes those of you want to learn want to learn he goes but like and he, he to be fair he did say like i'm happy to explain how this works anyone that wants to know like i'm happy to explain but like if you're struggling he's like you don't need to like it's, right. in, the back. it's in the back you know my favorite thing he ever did um him and ricky carter used to like race up and down the 800 pod <laughs> That's fine. I can see Ricky doing uh, that too. You just, it was really funny. Like every morning they would just like race. Cause I had them for, you know, homeroom yeah. and every morning they would race up and down the 800 pod and nine times out of 10, the teacher beat him. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I, I realized that people are probably judging from afar. Like he's one terrible teacher, but I mean, whatever. Like no, I he, said, was a, it's, he was a great teacher. Yeah. <laughs> There was, and we'll get off this topic in a second, but I had one of my basketball teammates had him. And I remember hearing the story about how he got, he kind of got into it with this teammate of mine. I missed this teacher did. Mm-hmm. And he's like, Hey, why don't you put that whatever away? And my teammate goes, why don't you hop on over here and make me? Cause you know, he's one leg. Right. There yeah. And, and there was like dead silence for 10 seconds. So everyone was like, Oh, it's going to be, problem and then this teacher just busted out laughing and said hey that's a good one and then like they moved on yeah. <laughs> there's no issue God, another thing he'd always say uh he'd always say different stories how he lost his leg too oh it never yeah it was always different it was a lot like the joker how he got the scars it's like each time you're yeah. like went i thought it was something else anyway but yeah that's uh that's sort of a bomb in vietnam tell me that one once yeah well my um my uncle um, actually my great uncle like he's similar. He's like, he's missing a finger. So every time he explains mm-hmm. to me, he's like, Hey Nate, you want to know? I'm like, no, not really. Then he just tells me some random story about, and it's always <laughs> different from the time before. <laughs> uh, you gotta love people who are good sports about things like that. Yeah. I, um, I miss those days, especially those days, like in that photography oh, class days. to be particular, like much simpler time. That teacher had such a crush on you too. I remember. Oh, I think she still does. I mean, cause she <laughs> works, she works out of the gym that I work out at. So like I'll be in there playing ball and she'll nice. venture in and talk to me all the time. And I'm like, Hey, you know, like, 
It was, honestly, though, it was my That's dad. Funny. It was my dad that she like really had a crush on. Because like I don't know, she was like supremely sweet to you compared to like every other teacher. <laughs> like, but we were supposed to do. She was like so nice. You'd always be like, "Oh, nice." <laughs> But that's like probably to like obviously like that's to my detriment because like to this day I do stuff like that like with my boss at work in particular he may be listening now but like I'll like I'll see it's in my wiring anyway but like I'll see what I can get away with and like with her it the more I tried to get away with the more she just accepted it and seemed to enjoy it so I'm like what's weird so I don't yeah. know. Yeah, she'd let you get away with murder, probably, honestly. <laughs> but, like, <laughs> that's why, because we had some, uh, like, this big photography assignment. I don't know if you remember what we were supposed to do. And, like, like most things my senior year, I just didn't want to do it or didn't care to do it. And then, like, the the day before it's due, I'm like, I don't want to get an F on this thing. So, I was like, I know she has a crush on my dad. So, let me just take a picture of my dad holding a Rockstar energy drink. So it's like my dad smiling with this terribly grinny, like terribly cheesy grin on his face. I do remember that. You brought like that one picture and we were supposed to take like a series. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We were supposed to take like 30 to 50 pictures and you brought in one picture and still got an A. <laughs> and I put like some font over it that said live like a rock star. And it was my dad. And yeah, she gave me an A for it. So I was like, I told my dad about that the other day. He was like, it's ridiculous. It really was because I had all 50 of my pictures and then here comes Nate. So this is one picture of his dad and like, oh, Nate, an A. I know this is going to make you laugh probably for the wrong reasons, but like I remember, I do remember Elizabeth carefully cultivating her photos in the order of them <laughs> and how much effort yeah. she was putting. And I don't know. I don't know what she ended up making on the assignment. I don't want to assume it. Was I don't whatever. know. Yeah. I feel like she probably got a good grade though because and I, and I, again, I'm saying this you with know. no sarcasm. I remember looking at her and thinking, gosh, like she really tried on this and like, like her, like her day hinges on how well this goes. And I'm just handing a picture of my dad in. Yeah. We had some fun people in that class though. Like, Oh, we really did. We really did. That was a good class. Those are good times, but. Well, if you don't have anything else as far as the origin story, we can um, take a break here in a second and come back and discuss the topics we were going to discuss, if that's cool with you. Yeah, that works. All right, well, let's send it to a quick break. We'll be right back. We water! Well, we are back. And one of the things that Jess and I have always bonded over are things that are basically kind of ridiculous. So we would always sort of watch stupid, dumb comedies and stuff and... You know, I vividly remember staying up late with you one night and watching that real estate channel. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh dear. So, that was just fantastic. It really was. The thing about I mean, like, if you watch movies like, you know, Monty Python and the Holy Grail and Airplane, all these dumb, irreverent comedies, like this real estate channel that night was that, but it wasn't aware of, of it. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. it was incredibly funny. But it was almost funnier because they weren't aware of how funny that they were. Yeah, because they were being 100% dead serious. Yeah. They were showing, I remember them showing like this. Yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, really pretty field. And then, no, you're fine. A really pretty field. And then just be talking about like the landscape. There's like a creek over here where the deer will run and play. 
And then it'll zoom, kept zooming out and it would just be that <laughs> dude's face. Yeah, zoom, like it panned all the way out. Like it was so, it kind of jarred me because it was like they were trying to show you how pretty this landscape was and why the value was so high and everything. And then, like, it was like he just was superimposed out of nowhere. And yeah. like, not to be disrespectful, but he it wasn't like he was like wearing a suit or like this presentable like businessman to like talk about the land. He was just some random like dude. Like I don't even know yeah, how to explain. It. Like yeah, he's just he's wearing. I think if one, I think even one of them they were wearing overalls. Like the guy. Was yeah, there was overalls. overalls and a cowboy hat. I'm like, yeah. Like, I'm not happening? buying. I'm not buying land from this guy. I'm like, get out of here. But it was funny. Like, I, it, it probably didn't help. Like, it didn't hurt that we were up at like two or three a.m. Just like delirious, yeah, whatever. That, yeah. But yeah, that probably that was probably why it was so funny is because we were up at like I think it was even like four or five in the morning. Like, we were like we would do that all the time. But like, I guess where I was going with this was we would just watch. I watched a lot of my favorite movies with you, especially yeah. in that time frame. And then I started looking recently at like these movies, most of my favorite movies, like don't get great critical reviews. Like, <laughs> right. And something, cause we come from an era where it was more fun to just like watch a movie and then quote it. Like we didn't, it didn't, we weren't exactly film buffs, even though I've always been into movies. I've loved movies since I was a kid. Yeah. But we would just watch something and think, Oh, that's funny. And we quote it and whatever you go to school, talk about it. Like they don't really, I don't know if they really do that anymore, but you know, you have a bigger list than I do. I have five movies that I actually own right in front of me, but we were looking at some different movies that, you know, we happen to enjoy, we think are maybe underrated that may not have the best Rotten Tomatoes scores. Uh, for those that don't know, Rotten Tomatoes is a website where both critics and fans review movies. And there's, there's a tomato meter, which is what the critics give it, you know, on average. And then there's the audience score, which is usually higher <clears throat> than whatever, especially in these cases, <laughs> whatever yeah. the actual tomato meter is, but what kind of movies do you, I'll let you start? Cause I know you have more than I do as well. So what kind of movies do you well, have on your I mean, list? The, like I've got animated I've got real, I've got old movies. I've got like newer movies, but the first one I'm going to mention has the lowest rating of all of them that I yes. have on my list. I'm going to pull and these up the in real time. Movie. Okay. The emoji. Movie. Okay. So yeah, you're, you're a fan movie. of that. Everybody. I love that movie. I don't know why I was watching it. It was like, two o'clock in the morning and I was up and I was like you know I'm it's on Netflix fuck Sheesh. it let's watch it and I enjoyed it like I really <laughs> enjoyed it the emoji movie has its tomato meter which again is the critical review on average seven percent out of a hundred yeah. and the audience score slightly higher at 37 percent so some fans like you out there mm -hmm. bumping that score up so yeah, I've, I've yeah. still not seen it yet, so I'm not going to pass judgment either way. I really liked it. I mean, I, I read a lot of the critic reviews on it, and they were basically saying that it was essentially just like a brand movie. Like, they were just trying to brand everything, and that there was no real storyline. And I was reading those like, did we watch the same movie? <laughs> There's a I, clear storyline to I mean, to be fair, I've seen a lot of like worst movies of the 2010s list with that on it. So, but I mean, yeah. again, I've not seen it. So no, I have two. I'm trying to look for like a super positive review. I'm trying, <laughs> I'm trying to find one here. That's not, you're not going to find one really. Five stars. Yeah, so that's, like that has to be. Tomatoes, like... 
this doesn't seem sarcastic, but a five star review says best. Well, that okay. Anyway, best film I've seen. <laughs> My boyfriend is a film major, and he explained to me the entire meaning behind the film. It's a lot more thoughtful than we would have expected. Definitely worth a rewatch for me. I don't know if I believe her. Okay, yeah, <clears> that <throat> seems a little too uh, hoity toity. Um, <laughs> three and a, three and a half. Anyway, yeah, a lot of ones and half stars. Oh yeah, it's it's got really really bad reviews. A fun adventure, impressive dubbing team. So they're a fan of the editing process of the movie. <clears throat> Excuse me. Children will have a lot of fun with this animation. All right, great. So, what a. <laughs> do you have any more thoughts on the emoji movie before we move I on mean, to another one? <clears throat> I I just think that it's very good, and uh, I think anybody should. I think everybody should watch it. Because, I mean, some people are going to hate it, but, you know, I thought a movie about emojis, that's going to be so stupid. But I ended up really enjoying it, and I've watched it, like, I bought it on Amazon Prime. Like, I own it now. (laughs) That's how much I loved it. So, but that's all I have to say about the emoji movie. I mean, to me, the comp, and we've discussed this movie, totally different movie, but, like, Strange Wilderness is a movie that... (laughs) I um I don't own it. I feel like I'm a hypocrite now that I, I say that, that. I saw it in theaters though. It's like paid money to go see it. And to be fair, it's awful. But there are like a few scenes that I enjoy quoting Tomato Meter 2% on Strange Wilderness. Oh, yeah, I just looked that up. Holy crap. That's yeah, cool. audience score 35%. Like to be fair, like it's really not great. Like it has a great cast, but there are a few funny jokes and like things that I know you'll know what I'm talking about here. There are moments in that movie yeah. that you don't laugh at during the movie, but you think about afterwards. Like when you go to bed that night, you're like, okay, that was kind of funny. Like it's one of those weird yeah. type of things where like Justin Long's character gets tattoos on his eyelids so that people will think he's yeah. awake when he's sleeping. It's like little dumb stuff that you're just like, why? Like so, like on paper, these things are good ideas and funny, but they just, whatever. It just really didn't kind of pan out, but. Spoiler alert. I remember no that. one's ever going to go see the movie. They spend the whole movie searching for Bigfoot. And then they mm-hmm. finally they finally find him. He comes out of a cage and literally he just goes, huh? Because he sees people loitering outside of his cage. <laughs> and like the one guy has an AK and just kills Bigfoot. Like it's the dumbest ending to a movie ever. Don't they so. like find some like hermit in the middle of the woods? And I was like, uh, or is that a different movie? Um, it's got like a treasure. He's like buried gold or something. So they find it's um, what's the actor's name? Yeah. I'm, yeah. Robert Patrick, Gus Hayden, like. There's some like again, there's some really funny people in this movie, but you wouldn't know that yeah. from watching the movie. Right. Jonah Hill, like, Jonah Hill's character was wearing a thong at one point. Like mm-hmm. anyway. So <laughs> that wasn't even a submission, Strange Wilderness. It just what made me think of is like when you're just talking about movies that generally everyone hates, that I'm like, I found a, some redeeming quality in it. So not as right. much as you found in uh emoji movie, but do you uh what else you got on there all right i've got let's see i'll go to the next one which is the next lowest down periscope yay i've heard of that it's a great movie and it's got i think one of the except for strange wilderness it's got a really big leap between the tomato meter and then the audience score 
Yeah, that is 12% to 62%. Yeah, people seem to enjoy that. I love it. It's my, my friends and I quote it all the time. I own it as well. Like, it's such a great movie. I mean, you can't go wrong with Kelsey Grammer. Good gosh, yeah. Kelsey Grammer, Bruce Dern, Rob Schneider, Rip Torn, mm -hmm. William H. Macy, <clears throat> Lauren Holly. Like, it's a pretty good cast. Yeah. And there's a there's a scene in the movie. I don't know if you've, I don't know if you've seen it, but there's a scene in the movie where uh oh what's his name? The actor, let me find him real quick. Um he is the sound guy in the submarine because they the whole thing is they're they're taking a submarine and they're doing a war game. And uh, you know, spoiler alert, this movie's been out since the eighties, so yeah. you know, or nineties. But Harlan Williams is in it. Yeah, sonar. Okay, yeah, I just now saw that. Yeah, so. and he's the he's the sonar guy, and they're trying to get away from the other ship that's chasing them or the other submarine and they go all silent and but sonar records whale sounds and so kelsey Grammer tells them to make whale sounds so that they think that it's a whale and not a submarine yeah <laughs> and it's just an incredibly funny scene because he's just like making whale sounds throughout the the internal of the submarine and it's just hysterical well, if you're good with it, I'll go ahead. And since I have these in front of me, this won't really help the audience, but it'll help you. I'm going to show you some of these movies that I have as I go along here. You and I watched this one together, I'm pretty sure. And I just bought it recently. But Balls of Fury. Yes. Um, is one that I watched endlessly that summer of 2007. I watched, I watched Talladega Nights almost every day. And mm -hmm. then I would like on days that for some reason I wanted another movie to watch, I would always like watch Balls of Fury. That was like my number two movie that summer. Yeah. I've actually, I think I, my mom bought me that for Christmas that yep. summer after that. After I that love summer. that movie. It's so funny. I will. Um, and you're fine. I, I was going to go ahead and remind people too, that, you know, we're doing this via zoom and you're in a vehicle. So every now and then the audio might cut out, but just be patient. Like, I'm able to follow along with you. I just, it, sometimes when I listen to a podcast. I'm like, I can tell where the audio cut out and it's just, it's always difficult, but we're good. We're good. So yeah. Balls of Fury, 21% tomato meter, 33% audience score. So not oh really, like, yeah, not people are not really feeling it the way they were some of these other ones. Um, but yeah, I just, I think it's funny. I think it's just a simple, funny movie. I don't like, mm -hmm. again, it's not a movie that you need to like put a lot of thought into. It's a ping pong movie. It's a ping pong yeah. comedy. It's a ping pong rock and roll comedy with Christopher Walken. Like what, I mean, what do you, yeah. <laughs> like, what do you want what from you a movie? <laughs> yeah. like, you don't need anything else. Um, but yeah, I'll, uh, what else you got on there? Uh, let's see. The next one is The Love Guru. And this one, I knew, all, yeah, like, yeah this one, one is, oh, I love that movie so much. I mean, Mike Myers, Justin Timberlake. I mean, Jessica Alba kind of ruined it because it's Jessica Alba, but you know. Oh, I'm glad you said that. I just, I just thought of another movie to add to my list. So is John Oliver in this movie? Yeah. I forgot about that. There's Britney, I think, uh, uh, no, it's not Britney Spears is in it for a second. Um, Mariska Hargitay is in the movie. She does a cameo. <laughs> Good gosh. Like, so I laughed uh, also because Mariska Hargitay is like, when my friend Whitney, that's a spoiler alert, should be mad at me for revealing this, but like, uh, when she was on the show a few months ago, her uh, yeah. code name was <laughs> Mariska Hardest Seltzer. So, uh -huh. 
But yeah, anyway. Oh, Megan Good. I'm going to have to watch the movie again just because Megan Good's in it. Yeah, there's a lot of good people at Vern Troyer's in it. Like John Oliver, Stephen Colbert, Ben Kingsley. Yeah, wow. Jim Gaffigan. Yep, I just saw him there. At the very end, even Kanye <laughs> Meg. That makes sense. That seems right. So it's like it's him and Mike Myers playing Mike Myers, <clears throat> and they're in the audience, and they're like, "I love hockey," and they're like crying, and it's <laughs> it's really funny. So but it's it's to me it's a it's hysterical. I quote it all the time, you know, like, and I mean it's comedy gold with Justin Timberlake. Like he did so good in that movie. It's fantastic. Well, I was glad all the that reviews you... say that it's that it's gross, but well, I that's mean, all I ever. Yeah, that's all I ever heard about it was that it was comedy, terrible. But it's Mike Myers. I mean, in one of the Austin Powers movies, he literally drank shit. Yeah. I just think like, that, like... Are you surprised? It's- the Love Guru was just... It seemed like more than anything, critically, it just seemed like bad timing. Not that yeah. it's a bad movie. I just think that people seem to be just kind of over Mike Myers playing multiple characters and doing that whole Austin Powers thing. It was like... I don't but know. But see, in this movie, he only played one character. Okay. Maybe they were just, yeah. yeah, I don't know. Like, he's only the one person in this movie. Like, that's. The other thing maybe that I was. was it. Well, I would think that, and I would think that, because we had Borat before that, and then we had mm. <laughs> Adam Sandler's version, Don't Mess with the Zohan, which I'll pull that oh, up here God. in a second, too. And I don't know. Maybe people were just tired of these outlandish. I don't know. I don't know what it was, but. You mentioned Jessica Alba and then Balls of Fury had Dan Fogler and tying those together is one of my favorite movies that I don't own is Good Luck Chuck. Oh, yeah. That's a good movie, too. 5%. I like that movie. 5% on Rotten Tomatoes. 5%? What? Oh, my God. But an audience score of 57%. So. I just think that it's better. Like some of my favorite songs that I've ever listened to um, were on the Good Luck Chuck soundtrack. So, like. That's another thing I used to appreciate about watching movies over and over is I would find things like that. I find songs and find whatever. So, but I think good luck Chuck's funnier. I mean, obviously it has its moments where it's, it's very sophomoric and it's very just by the numbers, but it's, I mean, it's, this doesn't sound like a compliment, but it's, it's the best you're going to get out of Dane cook acting. (laughs) This is the most truer words have never been spoken, honestly. So, I mean, I know he was in Mr. Brooks and he was kind of doing a serious role in that. And he's done things since then that I think are pretty good. Uh, but he's kind of like, you know, like the nickelback of comedy. Like a lot of people yeah. seem to hate him and dislike him. And then, and, and a lot of reasons, like I understand the hatred for Dane more than I understand the hatred for nickelback. But <clears throat> I still think good luck. That's fair. Yeah. Movie. Yeah. So. What else is on your list? The one that shocked me the most, um, which was the Mighty Ducks. The Mighty Ducks. I mean, I love the Mighty Ducks. Yeah. Fantastic movie. Like I watched it over and over and over again as a kid. I owned it on VHS. Like Emilio Estevez, like, come on. Yeah. So Estevez, I've heard it pronounced three different ways in my life. So I don't know which is correct. 
21% and 65%. So again, it's one of those where actual people enjoy it. It's critics don't know anything. Yeah. The critics are just unhappy people that want to like bring hatred to the world. It seems. When's the last movie, like what's the last movie directed by a critic that you enjoyed? <laughs> right. <laughs> I get out of here, man. Like well, y'all don't even do anything. Uh, they it's, don't. They really don't. I mean, even the second D2, I had D2, the Mighty Ducks are back, and that's 20% 59%. So, oh, geez. Not really much yeah, better. Yeah, D3 is 20 and 45. Yeah, so they keep getting worse according to these, but. Oh, I just saw, like, I'm looking at it on the, on the website, and it was like, you yeah. might also, right? That's what I'm doing too. And it shows yeah. Airbud. Yep. It's showing Airbud, and that's a 21 and a 38. Are you kidding me? Like, no. It's a great movie. <laughs> so also, like, on the what you may like, the total opposite. So Stuart Little 2 has 81% tomato meter, but a 41% audience score. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Man. Oh my goodness. That movie, It Takes Two with Mary Kay and Ashley Olsen has an 8% tomato meter. Here's That's a movie insane. that I, here's a movie I bet you forgot about that I was actually just thinking about yesterday. What's that? But Heavyweights. Oh my God. Great movie. Yeah. 29%, but audience oh, score is 77. It's like people that's, that's up there. Like, Oh my God. It's one of Judd Apatow's well, earliest you, projects. Yeah. I've got a movie that you've probably forgotten about. From Justin to Kelly. It's 03. I never saw it, but I remember that time frame because of American Idol. Yeah. They he was she won and he was the second place. Man. But it has a 10% tomato meter. Which I mean, let's be let's be honest, that's pretty accurate. <laughs> I'm gonna go back and watch heavyweights on Disney Plus later. Like also, like if people are curious, Heavyweights was like it was a Disney movie in 1995, and it's like there's a basically a fat camp, whatever. And Ben Stiller's character is sort of like the, you know, counselor, this, that, whatever. Like he kind of takes over. Yeah. So it's absolutely the precursor to um, his character in Dodgeball. Like it's the exact like the same mannerisms and speech and everything. Yeah, I never but, thought about that, but you're right. It really is. Yeah, if pretty, someone's a fan of Dodgeball, they they need to watch. It's like the kids' version of Dodgeball, like Heavyweights mm -hmm. is. Like I love Heavyweights. <clears throat> and again, um, written by Judd Apatow, and this is like while he's in the middle of doing the Larry Sanders show, like he's not quite the guy we know now that made you know Forty Year Old Virgin and all these great comedies that we know and love. Yeah. But he's, you can definitely see like his sensibilities on the movie, even as a PG Disney movie. It's like, it's watching a Judd Apatow movie. It's kind of funny to watch at this point. Yeah. So, I know that you'll be down with the next movie that I'm going to show you here that's on my list and in my possession. Um, I'm going to hold it up to the screen here. Hot Rod. Oh, yep. Um, you and I talked about this the other day. 
I, the first time I watched Hot Rod, I was in an incredibly bad mood. And like, remember back when you could rent movies, y'all, like people that are listening, like you could actually go and rent a movie physically from, you know, Blockbuster or your local grocery store or whatever. We rented Hot Rod and I didn't enjoy it the first time. (laughs) Like, I don't know why I just wasn't in the mood. And then I watched it again that same weekend without you. Sorry. And I was like, okay, it's a yeah. funny movie. And it's in my top five favorite I've movies ever. I've watched it many, many times without you. It's a, yeah, it's, it's a, a top five. Movie. I watched, I, I watched it, it on the, I watched it on the plane on the way back from New York the other day. Like it's one of my, my favorite movies. I Third, watched it on the plane on the way back from New York. One of the last wow. time I went. Oh, it's so funny. <laughs> the lady beside me, like her husband was watching the tour de France, which is okay. Whatever. Like on his phone. And so, like, I think she got bored with that. And at a certain point, I looked over and she was watching Hot Rod with me. (laughs) So (laughs) I think I stole this guy's wife just by having Hot Rod on. But spread the love. But yeah, like 39% uh, tomato meter, 64% audience score. I kind of wish that was a little bit higher. But I mean, I don't know know how you can watch. I don't know how you can not enjoy Hot Rod when you watch it. Like, it's one of the best just dumb comedies like there's so many things in it much like another movie that i'll show you in a minute but there's like things that each time i watch the movie i laugh at something that i didn't laugh at the previous time because i can see it it a little bit different i I showed it to my my friend summer um a couple of years ago and at first you know there before i showed it to her she had a, a hatred for andy sandberg she didn't really like him she didn't find him funny and then she watched brooklyn 99 and absolutely fell in love with him and so i thought okay here's my chance. Let me show her hot rod. And she didn't really want to watch it at first. So I was like, well, let me just show you one little clip from the movie. And the clip that I showed her was him falling down the mountain. Yeah. That's the, that's the one that got me finally. Yeah. And I, she laughed so hard that she was, I mean, tears were pouring out of her face and even still, every time we watch it, she dies laughing at that part. Cause it's, it's so funny. <laughs> See, he falls for like five minutes it seems yeah you keep thinking that it's over and then they finally do the thing where it kind of pans out and you hear like the, the majestic mountainside it's like okay finally that's over and then he just keeps he comes down that part of the mountain and he keeps falling yeah. that's the best that's like the oh, best so type good. of comedy for me like but uh what else what else you got over there i just love that he's I just love that he's doing the dancing before he falls. Oh, they're doing, yeah, they're doing, and doing uh, like, like flash all those dance. Gymnastic moves. Yeah. yeah. It's the footloose. Yeah. It's, act- it's actually, moves and then he just crimps. yeah, it's a song from, um, it's a song from Footloose. I can't remember the name, not the song Footloose, but like from the movie. Like what, um, I can't remember the name of the song, but it's the song where he's dancing in the, in the barn or whatever. Yeah. I can't remember the name of it either, but it's just so funny. But that's you why know, I put what... the cigarette and he's throwing the beer away and then, you know, <laughs> leaping Which over again, again. Uh, so again, I always, I love explaining little like uh, minutia in comedy that I like. He's flicking a cigarette in the middle of a forest. Like that's not something you should do. <laughs> <laughs> no, never mind no, the littering aspect of it, but he's just smoking a cigarette, drinking a beer, flicks a cigarette. Like, yeah, don't do that. If you're listening don't at do home, that. don't do that. If you're not listening, don't do that. Listen, remember what Smokey said. Only you can prevent forest fires. I had a Smokey Funko Pop somewhere. I don't know what I did with him, but Oh, that's funny. How many more movies All do you right, have on your list? Yeah, like I've got 
five. What do you have? Sorry, you yeah, cut it. Like five. Yeah. Sorry, you, the audio cut out again a little bit, so I was making sure I didn't. Oh no, you're good. Either. I have I have five minutes. All right, go ahead. Yeah, go I ahead. Have five movies left. Give us give us a couple. All of right. Them. The next one I'm going to mention is Spice World. That's wild. I just had Spice World pulled up on here, like no joke. I just That's had funny. it pulled up. <laughs> like it. I mean, granted, it it's not far off that it got a bad rating. I mean, <laughs> thirty four, like, forty five. Yeah, I mean, those are both pretty close to each other. But. I um I own it or I owned it on VHS, you know, and I wore that thing out because I was a huge fan of. No, I mean uh, we all were like, come on, you know, like. Yeah, the Spice Girls, come on. There was one review that I had read, and I'm gonna try to find it. That just cracked me up. I love that I Roger mean, Moore is in it. I don't even have a recollection of it. Roger Moore, a former James Bond. Like, that's funny. Right. I ended up reading the whole review of this one because the the main, like, little caveat that they pulled out of it was, what's the plot, you may be asking? Well, so am I. <laughs> what, um, who is your favorite Spice Girl? Uh, see, I really liked Scary Spice, but yeah. I also, like, I like Ginger Spice because, you know, solidarity oh, with the red hey, hair. So, hey, yeah. I mean, Ginger, you know. Ginger, my favorite, too. So, But, yeah, I liked them all, really, like, because, I love, you know, they all had their own personalities, but Posh always got on my nerves. Sorry. Sorry, Victoria Beckham. You just. Yeah, she did all right for herself. Don't worry about it. Yeah, no, she did great. So she's fine. <laughs> married a wonderful beautiful soccer player but and the next one i've got on my list is she's the man hey yes amanda Bynes. like yeah that's good great movie she's the man wonderful adaptation of the tempest as well okay yeah that's right oh yeah channing tatum it's like when channing yeah. tatum was in like he had just done coach carter it's like right before he started doing nicholas spark stuff yeah i think this was i think it was even before he did um that dance movie where he met his wife. Yeah. His uh, now yeah, she yeah, is yeah, yeah. But yeah, she's the man. Great movie. 44%, but then the audience gave it 79. So a lot of fans. <clears throat> I've seen people in recent months and years heap praise on she's the man just for how like how well it handled the cross gender type stuff. Even yeah. in 2006, like did it really smartly and without being too hokey like obviously it's slightly hokey but that's kind of the humor in it right but, but it was a i, I you know because i've read the tempest and it was a really pretty good adaptation of, yeah. of the tempest so they did a really good job kind of modernizing it oh step up step up uh yeah step up by the way for anyone that's curious step up 21 percent, but the audience gave it 83 so well that makes sense That makes sense. Oh, I have Grandma's Boy on my list as well. <laughs> I'm so glad because that's the one I forgot to add. Great. That's movie. one of my favorite movies of all time, too. Well, I was watching um, Nick Swarsden's comedy specials on Netflix the other night, and he mentioned, you know, hey, you know, thanks for everybody that supported Grandma's Boy, blah, blah, blah. You know, it was in the movie theater for like 30 seconds, and I looked it up, and it was only in the movie theater for, I'm thinking, like five days before so they pulled it. 
So check this out. So this is by far the biggest gap that we've had in these scores for Grandma's Boy, by the way. 16% versus the audience, 85%. Like people, <laughs> people love Grandma's Boy. It's a good movie. But yeah, you're it's right. Like happened. now that you mentioned it, you're absolutely right. Like it really wasn't in theaters very long. It was mm, the same issue that uh like Pop, very brief. Yeah, Pop Star had the same issue. Like it didn't catch yeah, on. It, it barely made any movie. money. And like but yeah, if you if you pull up Pop Star on there, both the tomato meter and the audience, you know, scores are really good for it. Like it's funny, yeah. like how that how it takes yeah 79 percent and 65 i mean it's still better than anything else we've mentioned so far as far as both of them being up there but yeah it, grandma's boy is worth watching it like, was a really really good movie yeah grandma's boy is amazing and then the um, last movie go ahead the, oh no you go ahead i was gonna say like grandma's boy is of that mid-2000s ilk where it's a stoner movie about a guy and his friends that play video games like he works for a video game company whatever but it's like the humor in it is a lot of it is the interactions he has with his grandmother and her friends. Yeah. When, and again, you don't have any restrictions on language on the podcast. So I'm letting people know you might, we, they've already heard some foul language a little bit already, but my favorite, there's two things that I quote all the time from grandma's boy. There's actually more than two, but I remember when he's talking to one of his grandma's friends and she goes, she said that she knew Charlie Chaplin. Oh yeah. And she said, I gave Charlie Chaplin a hand job once. And Nick Swordson goes, was he silent? And she goes, not when I was done with him. Like it's just <laughs> one of the, but just the fact that you even asked that question, was he silent was really funny. Right. To me. Yeah. And that's great. When his grandma and her friends think that his weed is like herbal tea and they drink it, yeah. Yeah, and they she think goes. The bong is a. a, a <laughs> yeah, they start putting plants and stuff in it. Like, yeah, it's not for that. But when she, like, when she puts her hand on his shoulder and she says, "I can hear my hair growing," like it's one of my favorite things ever. <laughs> <laughs> she so. like makes. I think during that scene when they're like get high, like she makes. Um, he comes in and the kitchen is just full of food. <laughs> He's just been like cooking and eating everything in the house. <laughs> that and when remember it's I forget his movie. I forget the character's name, but like the guy that's kind of like the antagonist of the movies, kind of like like a creepy guy. In the end, like you end up kind of rooting for him or whatever. Oh, but, the guy that dresses like Neo from the Matrix. yeah, he has the long the long jacket. And remember, <laughs> he's he hand, he's hides in the or he thinks he's hiding in the hallway where he pulls his jacket up over his face, and oh, the guy yeah. goes, "You know, I can still see you, right?" He's like, he really thought that if he just pulled his jacket up over himself in the hallway, he couldn't see him. He really thought he was invisible. Yeah. God. <laughs> oh, man. Did you say you had another movie on there? I've, I have I've, a, yeah, I have one more on my list. And it's right. The Man in the Iron Mask. Man. More so serious. This one. I was just watching um, The Last Dance with my, the Michael Jordan documentary. And I'd forgotten that, I think it was when they won their last title. I'm not sure which one it was, but. Uh, DiCaprio came back into the locker room and Michael Jordan was quoting Man in the Iron Mask and I was like dang I need to see that movie I've still not seen it yet it's um, such a great movie it really I I really enjoyed it and I was surprised that it had such a low rating on on Rotten Tomatoes because I mean it's DiCaprio first of all he's phenomenal 
and he did an amazing job in this performance. It's like, I don't so, want to give too much away, you know, about it. Cause since you haven't seen it, but you know, do you have, so like on mine, it's just showing the 74% audience score. It's not showing a tomato meter for when I looked it up the other day, it had a 32% okay. on the tomato. Huh. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that's okay. I'm looking at some of the reviews here, but let me check it again. Yeah, it's so it's showing again that it, on me or for me right now it's showing that there's no. Yeah, I read one meter. and the guy the guy seemed positive, but whatever. Like. But yeah, I I literally looked it up last night and it was shown thirty two, so that's weird. But yeah, I'll just um I'll go through my final three here real quick. Um, one of my probably my well my third favorite movie of all time, just in front of Hot Rod, by the way, uh, Mr. Deeds. Adam Sandler, uh, 22% and 59%. Um, Great movie. It's by far, like by far the most quoted movie in my life. Like I use it for everything. Um, so yeah, it was one of those things where I, I was grounded from everything at one point in my life. And all I had access to was a VHS copy of Mr. Deeds. Hmm. So I just, I wore it out. I, I played it all the time and then coincidentally ended up loving oh, it. Yeah. And then, um, kind of made my romanticism for New York grow strong, which we'll talk about at the end of the episode. And so I did think about Mr. Deeds quite a bit while I was um, in New York. And I was actually hoping to like, when I was on my elevator, I was hoping I would have one of those guys like JB Smoove's character and Mr. Deeds. To... <laughs> I don't know if you remember that or not, but. Nah, I kind of do like, where he asked me, he goes, I haven't seen it in a really long time. So, well, he just asked me, he said, How's uh, how's the elevator business treating you? And he goes, Oh, it has its ups and downs, you know. Like, oh, yeah, terrible, corny joke. But, um, another movie that I've watched like way too often in my life uh, is Nacho Libre. Oh, good movie as well. Yeah, and that's the other movie I was talking about when I said, Every time I watch Nacho Libre, there's some little detail, uh, then I laugh at 40% and 54%, by the way. That's kind of surprising to me, honestly. I would have thought it would have been higher, you know, like a lot of these movies. Yeah. And if you remember anything about me in that time frame, you knew, especially as my high school um, years were winding down, I would just be quoting Nacho Libre like all the time. Like, I think, I think that my ringtone at one point was of Nacho Libre saying, Nacho, you know, that whole thing. It was. So. I do remember that. <laughs> I think that was your ringtone and my ringtone was the cool beans from hot rod. There you go. Yeah. So. The, um, <laughs> the last one on this rotten tomatoes list before we take another quick break, we'll come back and we'll talk about Bo Burnham real quick and finish with New York is a movie. You may, I don't know if you've heard of this or know anything about it, but Idlewild. Um, I'm not uh feature. It's outcast. It's a movie that outcast did uh, in 2006. It's kind of like a hip hop musical set in the twenties and thirties. It's kind of, it's kind of like if vaudeville and hip hop were a thing. Interesting. Like long before Hamilton was a thing. And you considered the idea of hip hop and that sort of, even though it's yeah. a totally different time frame. but like, it's, it's two things that you don't think go together. Um, but yeah, 47 and 66%. So those are higher than several of the movies that we've named, but yeah, it didn't spend a long time in theaters. It didn't make a lot of money, but it's a movie that like once a year, at least I'll watch and just enjoy. Um, 
Oh, it's kind of like the last thing. A lot of people think of Outkast. They think Speaker Box and The Love Below was like the last album that they did together, but it was actually the Idlewild. It wasn't even a soundtrack. It was just an album called Idlewild. And it had songs from hmm. the movie on it, but it had original songs like, uh, you know, Morris Brown and Peaches and stuff like that. But, but yeah, like, so that's the yeah. thing is like, I, I think the reason I hope people kind of stuck with that, the whole reason I wanted to go through those movies is just to say like, just enjoy what you enjoy yeah like, exactly you don't need to know what roger ebert thinks about like nacho libre to like determine if you enjoy it or whatever movie it's right, like it yeah. doesn't matter like it's it's you like at the end of the day it's you like it doesn't matter you know what i mean so that's the same thing i say whenever i tell people that i'm a fan of one direction like screw you i one like Direction's them. Good. like you're amazing like i still <laughs> listen i still listen to nickelback every now and then like whatever yeah like hating these things doesn't make you fun or interesting. It just whatever. No. And you know, doing the whole hipster thing of liking it ironically, that, that doesn't even make any sense. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, so like at the place that I work, we sell a slipknot t-shirt. Oh God. Okay. And look, and I'm okay with their music. I don't have much of an opinion yeah, no. either way, but I'm I'm wondering because I, I remember the stack was like 10 shirts high. And now it's like three shirts high. And I'm like, who's buying these slipknot right. shirts? <laughs> How many slipknot shirts we got in East like you, like you didn't just hop out of the car today and just be like, you weren't listening. You know to, I know you weren't listening to slipknot on the way over here. Like, there's no yeah, way. I'm not so. just going to be like, you know what? Today's the day. I'm buying a slipknot shirt. But hey, if you are if you happen to be in this place and you're like, hey, I do dig slipknot. Let me grab this shirt. Like, more power to you. I'm just saying, like, yeah. I, just, I remember thinking, we're not going to sell that. And then it's like we've sold it so surprisingly um, though i do I, I do see a lot of people wearing slipknot shirts which is that's huh. probably where they all came from yeah i mean right and i it seems like i bought my britney spears shirt at the right time because like i bought it <laughs> i've always loved britney spears um where is she where'd she go oh she's over there never mind i have a funko over over there from the oops i did it again video like i nice. love always love britney spears lucky is my favorite britney spears song great song i love that so, song too. It's fantastic <laughs> So I love that song. That song's ahead of its time. Um, and we'll talk about this. We'll tie this in to when we come back from the break with the Bo Burnham stuff is Lucky is ahead of its time in that it kind of predicts this whole idea of always needing to be in front of a camera and needing to be in a spotlight. And like, how do you yeah. feel when that's not there? Right. And so because she's, she's even saying in that song, like everyone's like, oh, she's so lucky. She's a star. But like every night she's crying. She's like, I don't want to do this. Like, this is miserable. I don't and especially when you consider right. what she's had to go through the last several years and and like, what she's going through now. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, but you're absolutely right. I, I do want to say I, you know, I'm sure you agree with me, but I really hope everything works out for Brittany. Like not just because I'm a fan of her music too. or whatever, but I just think the human element of that is like how can yeah. you expect someone to live that way? Especially when yeah. you're in the spotlight, but just in general, like well, no one should and, ever uh, have to live like that. Even considering the fact that, you know, it's her own father. That yeah. That's it's, her, it's you know? beyond like, morbid. Yeah, yeah it's, exactly. It's crazy. And her sister didn't get any of that treatment. You know, she's no. free to live her life. Yeah. Do whatever she wants to do, you know? do a very shitty show on Nickelodeon for once, like it's, for two seasons. <laughs> didn't she, and I'm not, this isn't being critical of her. I'm asking, cause I don't know. I think I know the answer, but didn't she lose that show because she got pregnant? 
Yeah, with her like long-term boyfriend. But I mean, she was like young. That was the thing is like she yeah. was so young and Disney or whatever. It was, was like, like, yeah. She was, um, I believe she was 18, but she might have yeah. been under 18. Yeah. Um, but she got pregnant from her boyfriend who she had been dating for three years. Yeah. You know, they planned on getting married. And then it was Nickelodeon that was like, yeah, we're not going to. We're not going to do this anymore. Which so I can kind, I can kind of, I can kind of see where you have a TV show for preteens, and then all of a sudden your lead is pregnant. Yeah, pregnant. Like no disrespect, but like Nickelodeon could probably be like, well, we're not MTV. Like if this show is on MTV, we could probably do this. <laughs> but yeah, exactly. Th- this yeah. is Nickelodeon. We can't really do this. So yeah. But exactly. I want to, I want to talk a little bit more pop culture. Uh, talk Bo Burnham and talk New York, but first let's go ahead and take we we probably wore people out with our our favorite dumb movies and stuff. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but uh, let's do a uh, let's do a quick break. A word from our sponsor. We'll be right back. Xylophone. All right. Well, we want to we want to thank our sponsor for that word just now. But um, <laughs> anyway, so we we were talking about Britney Spears and some pop culture stuff before, and this need to be in the limelight and nothing I th- that I've watched or consumed in the last several years, honestly, has really summarized those feelings and those thoughts better than, uh, and more hauntingly than Bo Burnham's new special inside. Now I, you know, we're about a month late talking about this, but what, that's actually kind of a good thing because I, yeah. I don't ever like, instantly responding to something that's kind of the point and he kind of talks about that he actually does yeah kind of, the reaction. one of the yeah one of the whole bits is about that need to constantly be reacting to what just happened and so i did want to give it some time to settle but um what did you think of the special first and foremost i loved it like i mean when i was i would hear about it and there'd be all these like you know little gen z are saying oh dear god i've gone through this whole existential crisis and then i watched it and i was like well, I mean, yeah, it's thought provoking, but I mean, I, I'm not necessarily going through an existential crisis over it, but, you know, I could see where they would do that because, you know, they're, they're a lot younger. They've not really experienced a lot of life yet. And, you know, they've not come to terms with their own disassociative mental disorders, you know, so, you know, it would, it would definitely be, I think, more thought provoking for the younger generation than it would for the older generation, you know, there so. are things that, um, that I specifically related to that. I wasn't sure if other people would, I think that's the thing about it that I enjoyed was that it seemed like no matter where you were, it seemed like there's one song or one thing in there that you can relate to. Yeah. And you know, the stuff with him turning 30. Oh, that one really hit me. Cause I yeah. just, turned 30 this <laughs> yeah. Year, so, you know, like, Especially when it's juxtaposed with the part where he's standing with his arms crossed, watching 16 year old him play innocently at the piano. Yeah. It's kind of, you're realizing how much he's grown and he's realizing. Well, that's the other thing too, that I wanted to ask is like, so much of that is just artistic and that you're kind of allowed to interpret it however you want. Like, and that's some of the best art where he's not overly explaining it to you. Like, yeah you are yeah, my, my friend re was saying you know the whole turning 30 thing she's like it hits me too but she's about to turn 40 this year so you know she's um so she's like if i think about it in terms of that like it it also hits me the same way that it would hit somebody turning 30 
you know, so. I thought that the end too was, um, spoiler alert, like where, you know, the whole thing is yeah, I'm trapped inside. I'm trapped. It's me, my thoughts, my depression, all this. And then when it's time to go back outside, he gets, when he gets locked outside and he just desperately wants to go back inside, it's like, yeah. That's the whole thing. And that was actually one of the things not to claim to be anywhere near as brilliant as Bo is, but when COVID first started, everyone was like, I have inside. This will be good. This will be great. You can take some time to focus on you and this and that. And I was like, yeah, but eventually you're going to get tired of it. And eventually, but the funny thing is when you go back outside again, you're going to want to go back. And it's like, it's, that's just how, I don't know, maybe not everyone's like that, but I was glad that he ended yeah, like, with it, that. It made so. it. Well, I mean, yeah, no, I get that. Cause like you, you've been stuck inside for so long. It's only your thoughts or, you know, if you had a roommate or whatever, you know, but like, it's only you inside of a, a house or an apartment or a room or whatever. And then when you go outside and you actually deal with the real world again, it's, it's almost like it, it became overwhelming, Yeah. you know? And then you were like, Oh God, well, this is just too much. I need to go back into my little bubble, even though going back into my bubble can cause a lot of bad thoughts to happen, you know? So it's very yeah. interesting how that, how that worked. And I thought Especially it was interesting, COVID, you know, like, yeah, cause that's what made us all have to stay inside. So, you know, it's easy, like in hindsight to look at something and go, well, it was only a year, you know, well, a year is a long time anyway, but like, it's always important <laughs> to remember like a very with, long time. Well, especially when you're in something and you don't exactly know, Cause you got to remember, like we'd only been kind of, you know, wearing masks and doing whatever for like two months. And then, you know, the whole situation with George Floyd happened Yeah, and everyone just went outside to protests and everything, which I understand. I was, I was outside for that too. Yeah. But I remember thinking, Oh, we're just pretending like this is over. And then it was still almost basically another year. Mm -hmm. And even now, if you watch the news, they're talking about there's variants and like the vaccine may not protect you from. And it's like, <clears throat> so, and this is something that's going to linger for a long time. But I thought as it pertains to Bo Burnham special that he spends a lot of time and rightfully so making fun of the current climate. And like, the like I said, the need to always be on and the, the, the way songwriters write songs to be appealing and, you know, lowest common denominator. And then he makes the white woman's Instagram song, which is like fantastic. the song that like everyone like that and welcome to the internet are like the two that, you mm -hmm. know, are going to be like quote unquote hits and that people will be sharing on Facebook with no sense of irony. Yeah. About, <laughs> like, you know, that song's about you, you know, it's like, anyway. Yeah. So. Well, I, uh, you know, I saw before I watched the special, I saw a clip of Welcome to the Internet. Yeah. And it was shared on Reddit on our comedy. And I was like, that's just that's really funny that you're actually sharing this, you know, and it, it, that's the whole point is that that's that's the point he's trying to make is that everybody feels the need to just constantly share, 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 share. And they don't really think about the irony in sharing something like that. You know, it's just it's lost on them. It like seems. Yeah, because that was the thing. When I saw people sharing Welcome to the Internet, I was like, you know, he's making fun of you. Like, your need to share these things. But, you know, it's a great song. I mean, all his stuff is like, he's just different. 
Like I know that's a generic thing Fantastic. to say, but like he's just different. Like it, it's like there's a basketball term. Someone's yeah. someone's built different. It's like he's just mentally, you know, for better or for worse, he's just like his mind is a different wavelength. He's got a lot of that. And I hope he's careful going forward. And he addresses this too. But like he's got a lot of that Robin Williams sort of you can tell like it's just like instant. Like you can put yeah. a camera or a microphone on him or a keyboard in front of him. He's gonna figure out something fun to yeah. do. And it's like, you know, so and some of that stuff in the special gets deep and dark. Yeah, it know? really does. Really does. You know, like when he talks about, you know, don't don't kill yourself, just don't do it. But if and then I could <laughs> and then it's him watching it. Yeah. You know, and you yeah. can tell that time has passed because the beer yeah so it's like recorded that himself later to not kill himself you know and that's just that's that's pretty powerful i thought Honestly, one of the things that i found insane. interesting when i watched it the second time was i didn't notice this the first time was that towards the end he has a t-shirt of himself like what he looked like a few weeks before yeah <laughs> yeah like that was sort of a surreal thing too that i did not notice the first time well um, one thing that i didn't notice the first time i watched it and i actually made a note of it was that he needed to reset his oven clock because it was blinking. <laughs> and that's just something yeah. that I would definitely notice. Like, of course, I noticed that. Like, just a, not even had anything to do with the special. But I'm like, well, you need to reset your oven clock, there, bud. <laughs> I and I know that he he included bits like in between of like showing his own editing process as he's yeah. editing it like so much of it like you said is just so meta and so like well, that's what my friend reese said you know we were she first said that when we were re watching the reaction part and she was cracking how... up laughing and yeah. being like oh my god that's just so meta in like the best way possible and then when i sent you that text last night telling you that she had said that it was the part where he was doing the the video game the streamer you know thing yeah and she said it again, like literally right after I sent that text to you, she was like, oh my God, it's so meta. And I'm like, that's hysterical <laughs> twice, but it, it is. And it's in a good way. You know, it yeah. was, it was like, he didn't even mean for it to, to do that. That's just the way it was presented. You know, it was so, it flowed so seamlessly together. It really did. Weirdly. That, yeah, like that. That was the part that always stuck out to me is I'm like, how do you even, I, I texted you that earlier. I was like, how do you even do that? Like, how do you even edit and piece that together and time that that well? Yeah. All of it. And that's the thing is all of it, it's done in like that one room. Yeah. Just crazy. <laughs> like not much bigger than the size of the room I'm in right now. Like it's, it's whatever. So, but um, yeah. And it was, do you have any other thoughts on that special? Because um, not yeah, really. I mean, you know, the I did really like the thing. Um, I don't remember what song it was he was doing, but it. Oh no, it was um, "Healing the World with Comedy." It was that song. <laughs> yeah. And he had comedy written in on big letters on that whiteboard, and then it said, in little littler letters, you know, yeah. could open my eyes, don't you know. <laughs> and I just thought that that was really funny. <laughs> there are so many neat little things on that board. Um, yeah. You know, he's, and again, this is talked about a lot on there. He's very self-aware. And I think that's helped him a lot. 
yeah um in this environment where we cancel everyone yeah because he's i'm just in the interest of fairness if you listen especially some of his older stuff like and he addresses this like it's homophobic mm -hmm. it's there's you know there's racial jokes there's this and that but it, it seems not to make excuses for it it seems like even then he's aware that i heard neil brennan say that people don't like it when you're offensive and don't realize you're being offensive but when you're being offensive or when you're being taboo and it's baked into like self-awareness and you're going i'm aware i probably shouldn't be that's why dave chappelle is the king yeah because exactly. he knows he can say whatever and it can be like you know realize it's a joke like it's all yeah. but when people are saying dumb shit and don't realize or don't care that it might be seen as offensive i think that's where the problem is and and bo's been smart enough even yeah. in that song where he said hey when i was 16 i dressed up as aladdin or whatever he goes yeah yeah exactly. i didn't paint my face or anything but in retrospect it seems like something i probably shouldn't have done right exactly. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, that's so funny like and i looked up you know because we were since we were doing the whole tomato meter i looked it up and it's got a 97 percent tomato meter which is not at all surprising to me, really. But I just wanted to know what it was. So you know, I discovered Bo Burnham the way a lot of people did. You remember Chase? I mean, Chase showed me yeah. his YouTube stuff, like I'm Bo Yo and New Math. Me. Yeah, yeah. I was mesmerized me. by him. I was like, who's this little kid? You know, not not little kid. This teenage kid just had a piano, like, and he was good. It wasn't just that he was funny or whatever. Like. Like not that he's like the best singer in the world, but like, and he was rapping, he was singing, and it was all good, and it was all musical, and it was just like wonderful. Yeah, new math will always forever yeah. be my favorite one that he ever did. It's the jokes in it are just so they're so well done, you know, and you don't even have to have but a basic understanding of math in order to understand yeah. the math jokes he does. You know, like there's. That's why I was saying he's just different. It's, like even then you could see like his brain is just like he's ahead of us. <laughs> yeah, definitely. He's a little bit further along. And it's like it's it's a lot of the ways it's a weird comparison, but it's a lot of the way that I feel when I listen to old outcasts and I hear Andre three thousand mm -hmm. talk about stuff and I'm like, damn, like like you like when you listen to Andre three thousand sometimes you just like go sit in a corner and think. You're like, damn, that was <laughs> that was something. Yeah. So but yeah, um, the last thing and we'll move on to new york and close out the episode this first kind of debut episode for us was like <clears throat> i have kind of marveled though at bo's ability to not get himself canceled yeah honestly i mean because you know with what he did whenever he was younger that should have you know kind of canceled him out but there wasn't really cancel culture until gen z really yeah. You know, like they're the ones that kind of brought that cancel culture about. And us millennials were just like, ah, ha, ha, that's funny. And we just move on about our day. And like you I know? said, and, yeah, I think I think it goes a long way that he's able to, you know, be aware and conscious and be like, yeah, I probably should have yeah. done this stuff. Um, and also for him to now be kind of a voice for. Because I know he was talking about how when he would do. Like he did the movie eighth grade, mm -hmm. you know, and not thinking it would relate to adults. He just thought, well, I just want to capture what, like what this life for the, especially for girls is like at this age and how it must be difficult and whatever. 
And he was talking about how he had adults come up to him and say, Hey, like, I appreciate you making that movie. Cause I connected to this part or this feeling, this part of loneliness, whatever. And so like, he's able to be sort of a voice for those voiceless people. I don't think yeah. they're going to be as quick to be like, Hey, I'm canceling you because of what you said in 2006 or whatever. Well, it was. And like, he's also, you know, seems to be a really good advocate for mental health yeah. awareness as well, you know, cause he said even in his special that he was having panic attacks on stage, mm-hmm. which is not where you want to have them, you know, like, and um, he's right. You know, you got to work on yourself before you can do anything for anybody else. You know, like, you come first. That's how you should look at it. You know, it's how you should be. I am um, not to make all this about me, but I was working a third job recently and yeah. I quit that job because I found myself having panic attacks. And it's not like I'm on some nationwide tour, like Bo was making money doing. And again, I'm not, let me rephrase that. Cause I don't want it to sound like I'm belittling what he went through. He had a legitimate job to do where it's like, okay, these people paid, like I have to go do this, you know, whereas me, I'm just like, I'm just selling university of Tennessee t-shirts. Like how important is it? See, for me, it, 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 (laughs) I don't think the situation matters because everybody's, you know, everybody's mental health and stuff. That's valid. You know, whatever causes your panic attacks, you know, it's, it may not be what somebody else, you know, suffers through, but it doesn't mean it make it any less valid, you know, any less yeah. debilitating, you know? So, and I think that that's the thing a lot that people do when they talk about mental health is they, they want to try to compare it to what other people have gone through, you can't. It's but you really, you can't, you yeah. know, cause it's, you know, people go through th- life so, differently, yeah. you know? And, so, and that was the thing. And that was why I decided to go ahead and leave that job only like two weeks in. Cause I was just like, I, I need to focus on these other things. I, yeah, I can't do this. And then I heard, I heard, Bo Burnham talk about I think it was on the H3 podcast I could have that wrong with Ethan Klein that um and his wife that he realized at a certain point that like hey like my it was it was a different podcast but anyway so he goes my anxiety doesn't make me special I'm not a special little boy because I have this he's like I know some people and that's fine if they do. He said, some people may feel like that's part of their depth and what makes them special. And that's fine. But he goes, I'm, I just don't feel like whatever, like, I don't get to make excuses for it. Like I have to figure out ways to deal with it and cope with it in my own way. I can't deal with it the way someone else might. I have to do it. it." And so like that helped me go, okay, so I'm not alone in this. I'm not alone in not being alone. But also, I'm alone with my own circumstance that I have to figure out. I can't rely right. on someone else. So that was where I ended up. I had to do like a little puzzle and put it together there. But yeah, I mean, but that's how it works. Sometimes it's just this one little tiny piece finally falls into place, and you're like, oh, I get it now. Okay, yeah, all right. And it it takes a while, you know. Like I I've suffered since I was 13 with yeah. anxiety and depression, you know. So but like looking back. I can go all the way back to high school and go, Oh, like, that's what that was. But like, I didn't know what it was. Yeah. Yeah. Well, see when I was a senior is when I actually first started taking medicine for it. So, you know, like, but before that, when I was in like the eighth grade, I was like, well, this is so weird. Like, why do I, why do I feel nauseous before I go into school every morning? And now yeah. I'm like, Oh, it's cause you were anxious, babe. You know, like you were a little anxious child. So that's, that's why. And you know, it, it feels better in a way, like knowing that I wasn't just crazy, you know? Yeah. I mean, like 
yeah, I can look back, like even things like hanging out at your house with you and your mom or who, Alora, whoever was over there. Like I can remember situations of like having a really good time and then yeah. out of nowhere, just not having a good time anymore and not being able to figure out what was wrong with me. Like, yeah, it wasn't like you or someone did something to like make me not have a good time, whatever. But then I would just kind of go settle into a corner and just be, it was weird. I didn't know what to do with it then. I still sometimes yeah. don't know what to do with it, but that's what that was. And it's just weird to look back at how many times, I mean, again, not to make it about me, but you saying this a minute ago made me think of it is like, I used to have panic attacks doing stand up on stage, but little bit of time I did stand up. Yeah. And like, I'm just going like, where does it, I don't know, where does it end? Like, <laughs> like I was doing this as an escape and now it's followed me here. So like now what? So. Right. That's the problem. Cause it's a chemical imbalance in your brain. So it's not like it's ever going to just go away, you know, like. But the, the serendipity of it all, and we can kind of close talking about this was, you know, I took a trip to New York and I needed it. Um, my thought was I was going to go somewhere. Like I have to get away. I got to get out of East Tennessee for a few days. Yeah. Um, I got to expose my mind to bigger things and realize there's more than just all this little shit going on here. Um, no offense to the East Tennessee area, but it's just like, I'll, I'll get to that in a second. So I was like, I'm going to go to New York or I'm going to go to Atlanta or I'm going to go to the beach. Like it's one of those three. Um, and obviously settled on, settled on New York, figured the thing out. And it was just sort of surreal to be sitting on those little bleachers in Times Square. Just be yeah. chilling. I was having a little snack, just chilling, just taking in all the energy and everything. And I look over up into my left and there's Bo Burnham on a sign there in Times Square. Yeah. And I sent you that one picture of me closer to it. Yeah. But I just I thought that's funny because that's like the whole reason I'm here is to sort of get away from the, the panic and all this stuff. It's funny how much more comfortable I felt in loud, fast New York than I do here in quiet, slow Tennessee. That, honestly, that was me too. Whenever the, when I last went, you know, my, my friends were having panic attacks in the middle of Times Square. And I'm like, yeah, I'm fine. Like, this is no big deal. Like, yeah, we're good. Like, you know, and I figured out the subway system instantly, you know, I, they were think like, it, I didn't get to do that yet. So I'm looking forward to doing that when I go back. Yeah. I, I, I figured it out really quickly. And all my friends were like, are you sure we take this train? And I'm like, yeah, no, we take this train and it goes here and then we're going to, it'll be fine. Like it works out. So I'm wired anyway. I've learned this about myself, especially the last year or so. My family tells me this all the time that like, Nate, you just like figure it out. Like you just figure like somehow things either just work themselves out or you just go, ah, I'll figure it out. And then you figure it out. Yeah. Like I spent all my time in New York on foot. Basically, I didn't have, have to really drive anywhere in the city. And I walked from Broadway, Times Square over to 30 Rock and kind of figured out that circumference of, oh, so NBC's over here, Ed Sullivan's back here, Times Square, Fifth Avenue's over. And like I was able, I've always sort of been decent with that sort of direction, having my own, <clears throat> excuse me, mental compass. So, right. Well, and like John Mulaney says, you know, it's a grid system. So it's yeah. kind of impossible to get lost. You know, <laughs> that's the other thing. <laughs> like, yeah. It's not like, like here where there's like, there's like an, there's a mountain or a river impeding your progress. It's like, oh yeah, no, exactly. like I can just turn left and it's like, there's another block and I can, you know, whatever. I, yeah. It wasn't so bad. 11 up and one over you simple bitch. I'm pretty sure that's a quote <laughs> from John Mulaney special. So like, it's such a, I, I like New York. It's, it's interesting, you know, and I, when I was there, 
the last time we went to um the met and yeah. looked around there and that was amazing you know just seeing all that artwork and they had a bunch of um oh gosh what's his name the guy cut his ear off picasso they had a bunch yeah. of his uh his artwork up and it was just incredible to see the original paintings you know you know what picasso i should have done is in photography i should have done a presentation on picasso even though it makes no sense it's photography but then I could have used a picture of Evander Holyfield after Mike Tyson bit his ear off. <laughs> that would have been really good. That would have um, worked. That would have worked. I, um, yeah, I was very intentional about wanting to open my mind up and see, like, oh, there's 10 million people here or whatever it is. Like, everyone yeah. has their own thing that they're doing. And then I also, which sounds counterproductive to what I just said, but I also wanted to kind of demystify what New York City was and not have it be this big esoteric thing in my mind. Like, yeah, I was just absorbing like, OK, there's a person, there's a person like, oh, there's thousands of people just in this one spot. And they're just doing their, Like I said, they're doing their own thing. They all have their own goals and ambitions that they want to do. Um, but also to kind of <laughs> counterpoint that was I do like absorbing the history of things. So as a basketball nerd, like to stand on Rucker park in Harlem yeah. was like, like I've seen the, this may not mean anything to you. I've seen the photos of when Dr. J came to play in the seventies and eighties and people literally were like on top of these tall buildings that are right there just to catch a glimpse of him. And I'm like, this is that same court. Like I'm standing in the same spot. Like it's just weird to, to go inside of NBC studios and just walk the hallways that I've seen like on the tonight yeah. show and on whatever. It's like, man, this is crazy. Well, and you know, the last time when I was there, um, <clears throat> we decided to go to, um, where the world trade centers were yeah yeah and see that. i did i did and, get to go through there for a second yeah yeah and because when i went the first time i was in high school and we were doing like a field trip for chorus or whatever and we went but it was still like a hole in the yeah, ground they weren't doing yeah and you yeah. could still see cars in the underground parking garages you know like it was just huge holes just in the ground you know and fences up everywhere and then I went this time, you know, years later and there's these fountains and, you know, the new trade center and the, you know, museum and all this stuff. And it's just, it was so different than my first experience. And it was so humbling being there. Like you can feel, I mean, in a weird way, it's like, you can feel all the death that happened. Yeah. I, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. Cause like, I, I couldn't explain it. I'll try to control yeah. it here. Like as we drove through, I got close to it. It wasn't even really part of the plan to go over there. It was just like, we were trying to kill some time, honestly, to hotel check in. Yeah. And I was like, let's just go by road. I just want to see like this area. And we drove past Madison square garden, which was also surreal for me. And then go around the corner and it's like, I'm just looking up and I'm seeing it. And then I'm processing, oh, this is where that happened. This is where, regardless of what your opinion is on, was it an inside job? We don't have to talk about that right now. Yeah, no. None of that matters. You know, Linkin Park has the song on their last album, One More Light, on the album, One More Light. And the premise being how important it is when just one light goes out, like a human like passing yeah. or whatever. 
And then I was just thinking all at one time, like this is where both of those towers came down. And like people yeah. were on this street, like where my feet are panicking and running and crying and trying to figure out what's going on. Yeah. Like all, all of that was really hard to take in at one time. So yeah, it was it was very surreal. And when you walk around the fountains, you know, because we took the subway to get there, and it's yeah. at the very end of one of the lines. Um, you just you're walking around these fountains and there's all the names of the people who died. And I noticed that there were white roses and there were little holes above everybody's name and there were white roses on some people's names. And I saw one of the tour guides walking around and I was like, hey, you know, why, why is this, you know, why do they do the roses? And he's like, oh, it's because they're, today would have been their birthday. And so on the birthday of every single person who passed, they'll put a white rose on their name on the fountain. And it was, and I was like, oh shit, like, damn that's insane you know it really made you think even harder about it you know and it was it was such a surreal experience you know because when I saw it at the first time I saw it, you know it just being a big hole in the ground you know I'm like yeah you know this happened and I was really young and naive and all that but you know seeing it when I did now with everything done it's just like damn you know like in an instant everybody's life changed you know it was it was crazy being there and it, it, it was, I want the next time I go, I'm going to go to the museum though. Cause we didn't have time to go in there and do that. But the next there, time I go, I'm going to go into that museum. Yeah. There, there are several things that I want to do that I didn't get to do. I was really yeah. only there for like 24 hours. Yeah. Um, you get to see the statue, you know, the, the first thing my great grandmother ever saw coming over on the boat, like her first piece of America. So like, that's, that's interesting like to see that and like to yeah. think, think back well i guess now it'd be about 90 years or so but like just to think wow like what a sight that has to be if you're not like we take it for granted but like yeah i even heard someone on the ferry say i expected it to be bigger which is a sentence i've heard many times in my life but it's like not about anyway <laughs> <laughs> I had to do that. I had to lighten oh, the mood geez. after we're talking but, about yeah, like, mean, gosh, dang. Like, but for real though, like well, yeah, there's a lot of, of things going back that I want to do. And um I mean I, I'm not interested in looking yeah, at you any... should see a show, you know, like <laughs> you should go see a Broadway show, you know, because uh, I'd was like there, to go last see time we saw yeah. the main reason we went was to actually see the show called Betrayal, which has Charlie Cox and Tom Hiddleston in it. <laughs> and I was like three yeah. rows away from Tom Hiddleston and it was amazing. <laughs> Oh, and it was an amazing show too. It was fantastic. Yeah, I'd love to catch a play. I'd love to go to the Tonight Show. I put in for tickets for the Tonight Show. I didn't get accepted, oh. which kind of bummed me out. Like really bummed me out. I mean, but I wouldn't have got to experience the stuff I did if that had went yeah. through. So there's that. But it's like I'll make sure next time I go that I can stay a few days. And I'm just gonna put in a request for like that block of days that I go. That way, yeah. at least one of them gets accepted. Oh, this is going to make you laugh. So like one of the guests on the tonight show, the night that I was going to go Wednesday was John Cena. Oh God. John, I love John Cena. I want to see John Cena. So bad. And to be fair, he only joined via like Skype or zoom. He was on the screen or whatever, but still, like, it but still been, yeah, no, like that would have been awesome. 
I would like to have been a part of that show and to watch how that show is put on and whatever. And even if I get just because I don't really care as much about Stephen Colbert as like, it's fine. I think he's funny. I think he's a great host. It's not my thing. Like that version yeah. of the late show is not my thing. But that was the thing was like my hotel balcony, just looking down and seeing the Ed Sullivan Theater directly below me was, I mean, I watched late show with David Letterman like every Friday night of my life for since I was a little kid. You'd always do that. He -he. Yeah. <laughs> You'd always do that when we were in high school. Like I did not remember doing that. You would like fling shit and be like, he -he. yeah, you like fling cards and stuff. Cause that's yeah, what he would take, do. You take I won't do it, but like you take a pen and just you have to lick your lip, like lick your teeth like that. And then yeah, throw it. Yeah. It <laughs> was so funny. Well, what I was doing there was I was doing Norm McDonald's impression of Dave Letterman, which I'll send you on YouTube here in a little bit. Nice. But and Norm legitimately loves Dave, so he's not like really making fun of him. He's just doing right. like an evocation of him that Dave happens to love. But yeah, that was like it's funny of all the stuff other than World Trade that like made me cry was like just looking down at the Ed Sullivan Theater kind of made me cry a little bit because I was just like, that's where I fell in love with this shit right here yeah. <laughs> right yeah. like just looking i was like every friday night watching the top 10 list and watching him throw like a watermelon off a rooftop i'm like saying like you get paid to do stuff like this like this is crazy It'd be like, amazing yeah. you can make like a you can make 800 million or whatever he's worth like doing this like yeah right come on man so i gotta figure out how to get the nate right show now he looks like santa claus i love you know? it though I love his. I, you know, I saw a picture of him, and I was like, "That's not David Letterman." And then I looked it up, and I was like, "Fuck, that's David Letterman." <laughs> <laughs> it looks like Santa. Like, what the hell? <laughs> like, it's so funny. Yeah, the first time I saw a picture of him post Late Show, I thought it wasn't him. I thought it was some Photoshop. Like, yeah. But then my second thought was good. something on Netflix, didn't he? Or yeah, he still has uh, my next guest on Netflix. Yeah. I think it's in his yeah. third season. Yeah. That's yeah. funny. Like he gets to like, those are the best. Like that Kanye episode is really good. Huh. Um, very honest, but, um, yeah, like it's just, I'm trying to figure out a way to get the Nate show featuring Jess logo up in times square one day. That'd be awesome. Like it's all I, I just kept sitting there staring at all like the billboards going, like, we can get, there's room. <laughs> There's, there's room. room. A bunch yeah. of this stuff. I'm looking at a bunch of the stuff. I'm like, I've never heard of this. So we can just move that out of here and just put Yeah, right. <laughs> I'm just still reeling over the fact that you could find a hotel with a balcony. Like I didn't even know those existed. That was uh that's all my friend. And like we we didn't know that we had the balcony until we checked in. Like it wasn't like it was Damn. part of I don't know if someone just bailed or I mean it was a Wednesday night, so it wasn't like right uh, those weekend nights are hard to get i'm sure and probably mondays if you're planning on staying like the whole week i'm sure they all fill up and it may have just been one of those where someone checked out on a tuesday or or earlier that day you know like, yeah. oh, we got this one so but yeah it was surreal we were like i figured when i saw the window or like the sliding glass i just thought maybe it might be a little ledge or something you can peek over and like, oh no, we got like a full, like a whole ass balcony out here. It's amazing. Like, we, like we could have thrown football. We could have done, we played basketball up there. We could have done whatever. Like, that was, it was. Um, yeah, I didn't even know. I didn't even know that those existed in New York. Honestly, our hotel no. was um, 
literally about I think a block away from the middle of Times Square. Yep. And we were on Seventh Avenue, pretty yeah. sure we were, but yeah. it was still a pretty nice hotel. You know, we saw some hinky shit on the building across from us. There was like some hey. dude just like walking on the roof. It yeah. was weird. It was so crazy, but you know, it was still pretty fun. Still a good hotel room, except for the the crazy screaming forty something ladies in the room next to us that were awake I, until three a.m. Ga- cackling louder than I've heard any woman cackle. I was trying not to be creepy, but it did kind of have like a Alfred Hitchcock's rear window effect on me, where I'm like sitting on the balcony and I'm mm. looking and I can see in all these different windows and see what people are doing. I'm like, I don't want to see that, like, <laughs> you know. So, but when we stop recording, I'll tell you the name. Yeah, of the it hotel. was crazy. Like, I'll tell you the name of the hotel and the room number. So, like, because if I, when I go back, nice. I'm, I'm trying to get that room, like, no matter what, like, specifically, I'll call them, be like, I need, well, I'll tell you in a minute, but like, yeah, <laughs> I need this room. I need that balcony again. It's a small like, I need room. That room. It was like, a I tiny need, room. Like, it, it's just like a one bed, but it was like, whatever, dude, like, little tiny area, but then that balcony made it worth it. So, right. The balcony uh, would make everything worth it, honestly. Yeah. Well, I've watched it be like super bright outside and now it looks like it's pitch black behind yeah, you. Yeah, <laughs> it's pretty dark. So it's pretty dark out here. That's sort of my cue that we've been doing this for too long and the audience is like, yeah, no shit. But like, right. no, I, I wanted to get, I knew this one would be a little bit longer because it would be less focused, um, which is fine. It's, we've always had good long conversations. Yeah. Uh, but going forward, we do have um some segments and, and topics we want to discuss we'll have interviews every now and then have guests on um we'll definitely do like the humans of new york thing that you recommended uh especially now that i have the book and been flipping through yeah. looking at all the photos and stuff and now that i'm just completely like in love with new york city um but yeah so that's why i knew that you would like that humans in new york i was like that's totally right up his alley so i wasn't ready like i was ready to have my mind altered like i said but i even as of tuesday as i went to bed i wasn't like i didn't want to expect too much or expect too little i just kind of like, right i'm going to bed it's tuesday night and then on wednesday morning at 3 a.m i was like all right let's drive to knoxville and catch a flight like right it didn't really hit me until i landed in new jersey like oh i'm about to go to new york this is crazy <laughs> so yeah anyway. don't ever fly into uh laguardia never I've heard that. I don't. Oh, yeah. I thought I was going to die. I really did. I thought death is coming. Let me tell you what I like about New Jersey real quick. The Newark airport is they have a pizza place. that's open like all the time. It seems like when I walked by at like 9 a.m. When I arrived, it was just open. There's slices, pepperoni slices everywhere. And I was like, yeah, this is this is what I like. Yeah. <laughs> This so I think I'm just going to go to New Jersey like from now on just to get a slice and then drive in New York right. City. So, <clears throat> but, but yeah, I've, uh, I've enjoyed doing this. I think this is something that we're going to have a lot of fun. And like I said, you know, for the audience's sake, it'll be more focused and it'll be easier to follow along. Um, do you want people to follow you on social media or do you care? <laughs> I don't really care. Like I, I haven't been on Facebook in a coon's age honestly i turned so, off my notifications for it about two years ago and you know I, it's fine they can follow me but i don't really ever post stuff so yeah you know. I, well i was gonna say this is kind of like a mini announcement for the audience that's if they're still hanging on by a thread that 
I'm really going to distance myself from Facebook going forward. I'll probably have the way I have the Nate show page. Now I may just set that up just to be like our page for this. And that would work. I may also do like an Instagram page. that's just for the show and then keep my personal Instagram separate. Um, but yeah, I just Facebook, like I don't care about Facebook anymore. Like, well, it, it all the notifications kept draining my battery. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to turn the notifications off. And that was three years ago. And I've never looked back. And it's been amazing. I turned notifications off, like as far as buzzing my phone on my birthday last year. Hmm. Now it's kind of a catch 22 because when I post something now, I'd be opening my Facebook app every five seconds to be like, have you seen anybody like that shit yet? Right. <laughs> so it kind of had the opposite effect, but no, like it, it actually has helped me stay off of there more than I would otherwise. Yeah. So. But yeah. That's fair. But yeah, we'll be uh we'll be recording, putting new episodes up. Uh the plan is every Thursday. So um uh, you're probably listening to this one on Thursday, July first, a little bit afterwards, and then should be every Thursday after that. My buddy Alex and his uh friend Jacob shout out to them the what's your spaghetti policy podcast they're on Fridays so I'm not trying to battle with them make people choose um we each have redhead co-hosts so that's nice so a little war going but yeah figure I'd leave Fridays alone for now let him we'll stay in our lane and do Thursdays the Nate show was originally on Thursdays anyway going back to June 1st 2017 so we'll just uh keep it that way for now but do you have any closing thoughts uh, no, not really. My mind is, uh, you know, we've talked about a lot of stuff. I feel like I've covered almost everything, really. Well, in the meantime, if you're interested in following on social media, you can follow my Instagram at that's Nate Cox. You can follow me on Facebook. I think it's also that's Nate Cox. And then there's the Nate Show page on Facebook, which will convert, like I said, over time. Uh, we also want to thank our sponsors real quick. <laughs> and uh yes. <laughs> hopefully we have their big shout out to the sponsors <laughs> we have sure. their continued support uh going forward that's that's big time so um but yeah i've enjoyed doing this i want to thank everyone that uh that tuned in and we'll see you again next week yep